Welcome to Murder We Drank, a podcast devoted to murder she wrote and drinking. I'm Kara. And I'm Travis. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 16, Tough Guys Don't Die. Yeah, I, that, I guess that means Archie was either not tough or not really dead. <laughs> what are you drinking today? <laughs> I'm drinking white wine. What are you drinking? We went to Starbucks to get Albie a puppuccino, so I got a venti very berry hibiscus refresher, and then I put oh, in a shot of in rum. <laughs> I put in a shot of Some rum. Rum, because you're fancy. Just had a little bit of a Sunday. Sunday fun day. Sounds <laughs> like you need a Sunday nap day. <laughs> <laughs> I did post a picture of Albie watching the episode with us on did, Instagram. Did you get one? Yeah. He was watching very intently when we first started. Yes, and, and he's he, wearing his Bills bandana. Go Bills. And he kind of dozed off on us. So, let's get into the episode. This episode aired February 24th, 1985. What did you think of this episode? Uh, I want to say I really enjoyed it, but there was a lot about it I did not enjoy. Okay, like what? Let's get into it. <laughs> well, to put it... Succinctly, Jerry Orbach. You don't like Jerry Orbach. I do. It's not that I shut the front door. It's not that I dislike Jerry Orbach. He played at least in the first half of the episode. He played a miserable old misogynist. (laughs) But he got out of that. He did once he. But it took him a while. New JB. It took him a while. I mean. My page was all MYOB and sexism, pretty much. And then, you know, I stopped actually counting the number of instances after that last conversation they had before he became nice, Jerry. I don't disagree. That ticker was running like a gas pump. (laughs) It just kept going up. So, let me tell you. Oh, you counted them all? Ray. Harry. Priscilla. Mm -hmm. And Gavin. We'll all be back in different episodes. Oh, Lord. As different characters except for Harry. He comes back as Harry. Oh, Lord. Well, he's... I don't want to say he's redeemed himself, but he's... He gets better by the end of the episode. Um, Much better. And then he leaves the show probably to go do Law and Order. Mm-hmm. And that's when Wayne, Wayne Rogers comes in. Ooh. As the new... Trapper John? As in, yep, as the new, like, P.I. buddy mm. that she has. Okay. So. I do like Wayne Rogers. The location of the episode is Boston, my favorite city. Mm. Yes. You spent a little time there. Yes, I used to live there. Um, I do miss it sometimes. Like when your cousin goes to Primark? Yeah, I just found out my cousin's at Primark, and now I'm sad. All of our Boston listeners are so happy right now. Yeah, I love Primark. If... If anyone's never heard of Primark, it's kind of like, um... It's a department store, isn't it? It's Yeah, it's a department store, but everything is very cheap. Mm. Um, it's kind of... I don't want to say it's like a Target, but... Because it's not that... Isn't it like one of the last old-style department stores, like, um... Macy's or Gimbel's? No, Gimbel's was the one from Elf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Macy's or what was the one that Macy's had the rivalry with back in the day? You don't remember. Um, I think it's Gimbel's. Is it Gimbel's? I, thought they I made think that up. Gimbel's is real. Is it? I think. I thought they made that up for the movie. Let me look. Um, Macy's or... Um, Sears? To a lesser extent, yeah. You know, the old big corner in the big city where they had like a lunch counter downstairs and you, know, you could buy pretty much basically like Walmart before Walmart was a thing. It is Gimbel's. Is it Gimbel's? Yeah. Mm. I thought the other one that Macy's had the rival rivalry with was like started with an M. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of like Nordstrom. Or well, I already knew Gimbel's was real because that's in the Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, okay. Well, um, maybe that was the one then. So. It's kind of like that, but it's a European. There's That's the only one that's in America. Oh. Very interesting. So, yeah, it takes place in Boston. Love Boston. Um, and 
the episode opens on Archie Miles talking to Jessica on the phone about the Danbury Scalpel murders. Great name for a case, by the way. Yes, I agree. And he's like, it's kind of a dead end. I'm going to check out a lead in Vermont. Nothing else I can really do. But let me check out this one last lead before I totally give up on you. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, great. Thank you. Appreciate ya. <laughs> With, like, finger guns. I love you, Jessica voice. <laughs> okay, thank you. She's only a toddler. <laughs> um, she hangs up. He gets on the tape recorder and says... 829. Starts dictating like he's... Uh, Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy or... Uh, 829. Just got off the phone with J.B. Fletcher about the Danvers couple like, murders. Like he's... Um, That's my impression Hoover. of Archie. Uh, Hoover there. from J. The, Edgar? Yes, thank you. I was going to say Herbert, but I knew that wasn't the right Hoover. Herbert. <laughs> J. Edgar Hoover. Um, and he hears someone opening the door, walking in with the... I think there was just some guy off stage with two halves of coconut. Yeah. And he's shot. Yes. Jessica finds out because Harry <laughs> breaks into her house. Yeah, that guy has an issue. He's been <laughs> hanging out with David or something. What the hell? <laughs> I'd rather hang out with Harry than creepy David, though. Yeah, because I'm like 99.99% sure David or Harry is not a serial killer. David yeah, and at least Harry probably has like in his closet. Yeah, definitely. But Harry also has like good stories. Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> He'd probably be a good mentor. I always thought I'd be a good PI. Really? You don't? Well, no. It's not that I think you wouldn't be a good PI. That just seems like an odd thing for a little girl to like with her to think about when she's growing up. Like, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to be a private investigator. Well, I never wanted to be a PI. I always, like, if I was going to try and do something like that, I would just be, like, a homicide detective. You'd go the full-on police route. But I think being a PI would be very interesting, but they don't make it look very glamorous. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it is. Like, they always look so grubby. Frankly, I think the ones you see in shows like this are dressing it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's the best adjective I can give it, is just grubby. Grubby. Well, yeah, I Like, get that. dirty fingernails. Well, they don't have a lot of time to shower. I think uh, Ray says a number of times, I haven't slept in 20 hours. I've been in the car or something like that. Yeah, he was getting like a... Ugh. Can you imagine what that car smelled like? Old French fries and B.O. And farts. Oh, yeah. Well, that's from all the french fries. So, anyway. You can't eat like a P.I. and not have gastrointestinal issues. She's like, oh, I'm going to come to Boston and help you find out who killed Mr. Miles. Because I loved him. And he was so nice. And he was so helpful. And he was my new buddy. Yeah. And Harry's like, don't you dare. I don't want you here. He said, and I quote, I don't need or want your help. Which is the first Mind Drone Business yep, count. I got that one. Followed immediately, I believe, or almost immediately by the first sexism count of the episode. No, that's later. Was that later? Yeah. Okay. Um, we meet Mr. Santini. Charming fellow, by the way. Mafia? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> most of Hell Boston yes. is run by the Irish mob, not the Italian. Well, you know, he's just trying to get a foothold. In, in it's not town. New York. Well, he, they probably kicked him out of New York because he was, like, I don't know, too rough or something. I mean, he really roughs up poor Harry later in the episode. Yeah, he does. I mean, I shouldn't say poor Harry because... He kind of deserved it. Oh, well, I mean, he was just doing his job, but I mean, I feel like Harry could have been maybe a little bit more tactful. Well, you have to also realize that Harry is, like, the least subtle yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's, I would be a good he's P.I. He's like a bull going to a fight. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I would be a good P.I. because I'm subtle. Yeah, I guess. And I'm a little white girl. Yeah, no one's going to see you coming. Yeah. I think you might have a hard time finding clients at first, too, though. Well, not if I'm working for Harry. <laughs> yeah, because Ray did so well. He didn't even have an office. He just sat on that tiny he couch. He didn't even have a the, desk. Yeah, he just sat on the leather couch out in the front room. Not even, a schnooze with Alma. Not even on the other side of the fence next to the secretary's desk. He's like in the lobby or the waiting area. That's your spot, Ray. Don't come in here with the big boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what pissed him off. <laughs> so he's following Santini. He gets caught. He gets just a punch to the face. 
He's lucky. And I'm only saying just a punch to the face because later he gets the <laughs> he gets a couple not kicked out of him <laughs> later like pretty badly. So I'm just saying probably quite literally. Just his face was spoiler alert. His face was looking a little juicy. <laughs> so I'm saying just a black eye for just now. Just a black eye. Yeah. Um, a shiner. It's a classic move for Harry to get beat up. Oh well, he's good at it. That's good, I guess. Jessica sees it and says, "Oh dear." What happened? Yeah. <laughs> he, uh... I, I feel like anybody who's talked to Harry for more than five minutes was like, oh, yeah, I can see how you got I get it. <laughs> so, she says that she's going to go talk to Priscilla Daniels. Mm -hmm. And he says, do it, stay out of my hair, and try needlepoint. Oh, I missed the needlepoint thing. Yeah, that was the sexism comment. Oh, Oh, that wasn't even the first one I picked up on. Oh. Why is that going to be sexism thing? Because it's just like a stereotypical old woman, like, shut up and go bake cookies. Mm. Bake yeah. me a apple pie. I don't know. I don't know if that was really sexist, saying go it try needlepoint. I think it was but just... But he had like a whole slew. It was like needlepoint or crochet or whatever. At that point in, his epi in the episode, though, everything that came out of his mouth was horribly sexist. But not directly. I think he was just being rude. But that's when she says, there's no need to be rude. And he was like, I'm just telling it like it is. And she's like, well, I've tried Needlepoint. And that's what led me to my first book. because I was bored. And he was like, well, I read your first book and I was bored. I thought he said something about go play bridge. Yeah, that was the same thing. I missed the Needlepoint. I just picked up on the bridge because I can't see Jessica sitting around playing bridge with a bunch of other women of her age. I don't want to say old because it might offend a few listeners. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we meet the lieutenant. Mm -hmm. Person of color. Love that. Mm -hmm. And he's helpful, but not really like investigating. Yeah, he, um, I don't know the actor's name, but he played... Um, the detective who was trying to help Sarah Connor in the very first Terminator movie, which same time this was shot. So he probably was on a hot streak of playing ambivalent detectives because he really didn't give two shits about her safety in that movie either at first. Well, Jessica asks him why, like he was a good cop. He seemed to be well-liked, blah, blah, blah. Why isn't there a lot of evidence? Why isn't this being pursued more seriously? And he was like, there just isn't a lot of evidence. Like, we don't have nothing. We have nothing to go off of. Yeah. So. I mean, go out and find some, dude. Yeah, but I mean, like. Do, do your job and go get some evidence. What is, he's literally a detective. I'm not, he's, well, I'm not disagreeing, but if a guy's killed... In his own Desk office, there? yeah, in his own office, mm -hmm. evidence everywhere, but also nowhere, because... I don't know, I feel like the actual police detective should have been investigating the, ca investigating the case, not the dead guy's partner and Jessica. Well, he was giving Harry a little bit of leeway. Yeah, he was giving him something all right. So... Licensed to just run amok through the city of Boston. That's what he was giving us. Jessica goes to Femininity Magazine. They show a giant skyscraper, and then they cut to Harry getting off the elevator on the third floor. Oh, I didn't catch the floor number. Yeah. Well, you know, they can't afford the good real estate. They're only a five-year-old magazine. So stick a different number by the elevator, like 31. Well, no, maybe that was intentional. Like... Maybe they couldn't afford the 31st floor. Maybe all they could afford at that time was the third floor. Well, it's also Boston, not New York. It's not like it's a Vogue. Exactly. That's why they can only afford the third floor. Okay. Uh, Priscilla has an ugly outfit and an ugly office. A lot of them had ugly. Well, it's not as ugly as her home, though. A lot of them True. had ugly outfits, too. Yes, I took a picture of Jessica's outfit. One of her outfits. Mm -hmm. Normally, I think she's a very snappy dresser for the 80s and being a woman of a certain age. Mm -hmm. I think she's very high up on the fashion for the 80s. You love her sweaters. I do. I love her sweaters. However, she has this red dress that looks like a nightgown. It has ruffles on the sleeves, ruffles on the collar, and it's not fitted. It just goes straight down. Mm -hmm. It's 
a nightgown. She wears it in one more episode this season, and I... Wait, did we see it in this episode? Yes. It's when she's at the party talking to the judge. I'll see. I get too wrapped up when I see new people under the screen. I don't even pay attention to other stuff because I'm like, I got to get a name. I don't know what they do. I'm confused enough Let as it is. Let me see if the picture's good enough for you to see there's it. There's like but... 50 billion people in every episode that are important to the plot. It's kind of crazy. I mean, this is the back of it. Oh, it's, there it is. It's a video. Yeah, I mean, it does look vaguely nightgownish, but yeah, it's not. It's not, good. it's not a good look, Jess. You need to see a tailor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh. So we glossed over some the first sexism count I got. Yeah, I this, asked you. No, no, no. There was the first one I picked up happened before this. Yeah, I asked you what it was, and you ignored oh, me. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I think it was Harry that said it. He was talking about one of the clients that, um, Archie was investigating or investigating for. And he said something about the client's wife. He goes, called her dim and said, she's built like a Steinway, which is a piano. I'm assuming it's a Steinway. I don't know what that means. (laughs) It means she's large and stupid. No, I, I. <laughs> That's what that means. But why would you use that analogy? I don't know. Maybe was that a thing back in the eighties? I don't. I've never heard any. I've heard people say, "Oh, yeah, built like a Mack truck." Never a Steinway. Maybe he was a pianist in his free time. I don't know. Yeah, the dim weird. part I understand, but yeah. built like a Steinway yeah, because you could like twist that anyway. Maybe, maybe it means like she's large and has to be buried in a piano box when she dies a piano crate i don't know i don't think pianos come in boxes crates i don't know i don't know if they ever came in i'm assuming they'd be in crates because they have to be shipped from wherever you don't just put a piano on the back of a flatbed truck and drive it forever <laughs> to the piano store or whatever they must put them in crates or boxes because yeah no i'm sure they came in some sort of container Okay, well, that's where Mrs. Santini is going to go. R.I.P. <laughs> into, into the piano <laughs> When it's her time. Because she's built like a Steinway. <laughs> um, so we meet Mr. Taylor, Harry's alter ego from oh, Dallas, Lord. Texas. Yeah, who dresses like um, Colonel Sanders in gray. Yes. Did you like the little, I don't even know what the hell you a call it. A bolo? That's not even a bolo tie. That's like a skinny anemic bow tie or something I, I hate them uh and jessica's like nice to meet you mr taylor tyler. and he's like tyler <laughs> taylor tyler potato potato whatever um but he says he's gonna well this is how he gets a meeting with priscilla is that he's thinking of investing a lot of zeros in advertising that don't start with one seven figures it doesn't start with a measly one this is the exact words. Which, yeah. Back then, even if it started with a one, that was pretty good money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she goes to her hotel room. And her, I mean Jessica. Well, first, when she's talking to Priscilla, she says that she wants to write an article about how great her marriage was to mm-hmm. Frank, which honestly could be very sweet. Yes, but, but Priscilla's having none of that. She wanted none of that. But it's also funny because you know JB is also not going to do it anyways. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. But I think she went in there just to snoop around and she thought, well, I'll just pitch the worst idea so I, this woman's going to be way, way disinterested in it. Right. Uh, so she goes back to her hotel room, and there's Harry just smoking in the armchair. In the dark, no less. Yeah, scared the shit out of her. She took that very well, though. I would die. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't turn around and start clutching at her chest. Yeah, I'd probably pee my pants. Yeah. Um, and she says, I'm gonna hang out with Priscilla Daniels if that means I have to hang out in her hip pocket. Yeah, that was kind of an odd reference. There's a lot of weird references. Yeah. Kind of a different episode. He said, leave Archie's killer to me, which is the second mind your own business count. No, third. Oh, I I think there was more than that. Well, we'll, ca- we'll if, count them up. Well, I don't have an actual number, but I mean, that whole scene before they both show up at the magazine, 
um, the whole conversation between um, Harry and JB, every other thing was either sexist and or mind your own business. I mean, I actually have a note that says every other sentence was sexist. <laughs> and I just labeled mind your own business as sexism. The whole conversation between JB and Harry in his office. It was yeah. not good. Um, Did I derail you? Yeah, but that's okay. We were talking about... Um, so he says, yeah, so he says, leave Archie's killer to me. Um, I have the note about how Ray, Harry, Priscilla, and Gavin all come back. Mm-hmm. And then another mind your own business was, you're just along for the ride because I dealt you in. So well. he's also like mixing metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> Who's dim now, Harry? <laughs> Maybe he likes to play poker in a Winnebago. I don't know. <laughs> Get in the rent of a ride and play some blackjack. <laughs> he's, a, he's a very confused man. Clearly in his career, he's been punched in the head a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably got some... Get in, loser. We're playing poker. <laughs> he's probably got some concussive brain injury or something. Who the hell knows? So... Um, have the femininity party and she has the ugly red dress. Mm -hmm. She meets uh, Judge ah, Carter. Or was that his first name? Carter. Lancaster? Yes, I think that might have Started been. with an L. Well, she meets Carter. The judge. The judge. Who uh, Big C. calls the old fox. Yeah, he's kind of weird looking. Um... <laughs> And Jessica was like, oh, well, you are the defense attorney for the Danbury Scalpel murders, which is an interesting yes. tie-in that they all kind of know each other. Yeah. Um, I, I had no clue right until the end how this was all going to shake out because I knew all three cases that Archie were was investigating were tied together that, that somehow got him killed. I didn't think it was just one case and the other two were just thrown in for plot or whatever. Yeah. But I could not figure out how or why it all tied together. But it became apparent by the end of the episode. So he was like, I don't want you investigating this because you'll just get end up getting sued for libel. And you need to research libel laws, pretty much. Yeah. And my, my note was, did he just threaten JB? He did. Yes, he did. Um, In a very judge, but, judgy, not judge, like I'm judging you, like I'm in a, very, a court. A law-abiding law way. Yeah, a law judge way. That kind of judge. So, but it's interesting why he does this. Which we'll get to. We'll get mm -hmm. there. Okay. But first, Jessica finds out and realizes that Priscilla wanted herself investigated. How did she come to that conclusion? Well, there was... Um, I could not figure that out. I don't... I don't remember hearing anything Priscilla said that made me go, oh, she called the investigation on herself. Well, Jessica said, um, you're being investigated. She pretty much tells her, like, you were being investigated as was, like, I wasn't being investigated, but I was having a case investigated. Mm -hmm. uh, and her, because of your political ambitions, she's like, what political ambitions? Yeah, that woman knows. Oh. And, uh... I think that's kind of what tipped her off. Yeah, so it's just Jess's superpowers. And then she figures those, those three letters are for... Editor-in-chief or No, publisher. editor and publisher of femininity. Yeah, EF, EF, or EPF or something like that. Yeah, yeah. ESPN. Um, <laughs> I hate that station. <laughs> yeah, you're but not a big sports guy. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> Jessica goes to Vermont. I'm, which I'm sure she does a lot. I don't know. I feel like the people in New England just kind of wander around the same states all the time. Um, it's like a five-minute car ride. <laughs> from Boston to Vermont? Sure. No. It's probably like four hours. Yeah, still. Anyway. <laughs> um, we get the story on the Danbury Scalpel murders. So Tom and Martha... Tom and Martha were just dating 25 years ago. Okay. Martha was a nurse at 
the hospital? It was a hospital? I believe, yeah. Um, Tom was visiting. He sees the man who sexually assaulted his sister. Mm-hmm. Who later committed suicide because of it. Right. Who was um, acquitted due to lack of evidence, I think. Something like that, yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't paying that close of attention to the story of why the scalpel murder happened. Because I felt like it wasn't really all that important, just that it had happened. It wasn't super important, but it's interesting about like what comes of it, sort of. So, Tom kills the guy. Mm-hmm tells the judge and says listen this is what happened this is why i did it i but the judge was judge old fox was just a lawyer yeah he was the defense attorney to help the guy get off so he well i just wanted to clarify i don't want anyone to think we're talking about tom went to the judge oh as a judge in the court as a judge yeah so he he went to yeah so he goes to the judge he's like, hey, I did this thing. Can you help me out? And this is why I did it. And he's yeah. like, yeah. So he creates all this evidence and gets him off. So did somebody else, somebody else went down for that murder though, right? No. Oh, oh that's right. It was a cold case. That's why uh, Archie was investigating. But it turns out Tom and Martha died a month ago in a fire. Saving a bunch of old people. So, you know, Jessica's like, I mean, they're both dead. As terrible as it was, that guy kind of had it coming, and Tom never did anything like that again, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's not like he was a serious It's kind of like no harm, no foul. Yeah. So, Harry was like, well, how can you defend this guy, but not let me kill Archie's killer? Yeah. Which is stupid, but... And she's like... Well, no, I mean, I get where he's coming from with that. I do, kind of, but well, it's... But at the same time, it's not... Well, Jessica Flato says, murder is not good, but this one, it's already happened. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. The guy who did it is dead, so yeah. we can't punish him. There's nothing, so just move on. Mm-hmm. Let's, two wrongs don't make a right, is basically yeah. what she says. So... They get a call that Ray was shot at in his car while he was watching Santini. Yep. Sounds like a mob hit to me. <laughs> Sounds, yeah. <laughs> so, Harry, I almost called him Jerry. Harry. <laughs> Harry, Jerry, whatever. Calls, Mr. Orbach. <laughs> calls Alma in the middle of the night. That poor woman. And I she think. just comes right over and she's like, sure, no problem. Let's I'll get have the coffee. coffee. <laughs> and I am like, you. All right, good employee, ma'am, and you deserve a raise. Because if I, I got a call from my boss at, let's say, 3 in the morning, I would be like, no, thank you, and go back to sleep. Right. Put your phone on silent. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like uh, Harry, in particular, w- way more than Archie, God rest his soul, I feel like those two have ruined Alma's life. Like, this woman can't. She probably doesn't have a family. She probably can't go on dates. because. Well, she does say in the beginning of the episode, I got a date, Harry. I got to get out of here. Yeah, she probably went out on one, maybe two dates with the guy. And he's like, oh, lady, you've got issues. You're way too... Although every time we see her, she's doing her makeup. So her job isn't exactly difficult. Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, think about it. If you're on a date with somebody and you have a wonderful time, you go back to his place afterward... And he gets a call at three in the morning and his boss is like, hey, I need you to come into the office because we got a client coming in. I'd be like, oh, my God. And, and you say something to that person. They're like, oh, it's just my life. I got to do it. Blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, oh, my God, you're insane. You're being treated like a doormat. I don't want any part of that. I mean, you'd have to be a really accepting person to be with someone well, who's that dedicated to For that type of job. Definitely, considering she probably is getting paid... Nothing. Like, five cents an hour. Yeah. I can't imagine they were paying her really well. So it's not even like it would be worth it, whereas if it was like a doctor's wife, where they're getting calls at three well, in the yeah, morning... yeah, different. But I'm saying, you know, somebody who works... But what do you think interns do? They get calls all the time. Like, I need you to get my dry cleaning. At three in the morning? Probably. It's a good thing I was never an intern then because I would get that phone call and be like, 
you can go take a long walk off a short pier. So, I think <laughs> I think that this happens more than we think it does. Ugh, God, people suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would just be like, call me during business I, hours. I, I stand by my statement, though. I think that job has ruined Elma's life. <laughs> I don't disagree. I'm just saying. That's just, I just want to get that out there. <laughs> the dating aspect. And I feel sorry for Elma and her dates. She needs a raise. Yes. And some time off. We find out, so Jessica, she starts making the coffee. Jessica runs out, leaving her alone. Like, Run, what a waste. Runs out, she bolted out. Like, like what a waste. Poor Alma. Like, sweetheart, just yeah, go home. I don't think Alma cared. She just kept right, right on making, she looked a little stunned, but then she's like, well, I'm going to keep making the coffee anyway. I'll have a cup. I'll do my nails. <laughs> I don't think she went. And then she, I'll call it a night. <laughs> she hung out there for a good hour, hour and a half. I guarantee that. Not even watching Netflix. No, I mean, no. damn. It was the 80s. <laughs> Jessica figures out what Archie found on Priscilla, mm-hmm. which ruined her chances to run for the Senate. How did she get that from a little scrap of paper? Or did she just know there was she, something on here on Priscilla and she ran off to confront Priscilla? She didn't know exactly what it was. She just okay. knew... That because she said, "Did you get a blackmail call in the last twenty four hours?" And Gavin says, "Yes." So after he came downstairs and a robe, Priscilla's like, "Ooh, what are you doing here?" Like it's a scandalous thing that you're hooking up with your ex. Hmm. Who they both clearly have feelings for each other still, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it turns out, Gavin was a young professor, and she was a grad student, and he was married. And she got pregnant. By him. 17 years ago. She gets an abortion. So that would have been, what, like 68? Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. So... I was trying to figure... The reason I asked is because I was trying to figure out why that was so scandalous. Yeah. That teacher-student thing, plus at the time, Roe versus Wade was either still working its way... Working its kinks out. <laughs> yes, I guess. I mean, I know the case had already happened. The abortion was mostly legal, but it was still... They covered some heavy topics in this did. episode. They did. So, now that I think, yeah. But I feel like it was still somewhat taboo, somewhat still stigmatized. I mean, it is it now. True. But I think it was much worse back then. 1973. Was Roe v. Wade. Yep, it was a land... I just Googled it. It Ooh, says, it was a was... landmark decision by the U.S. Supreme Court in which the court ruled the Constitution of the United States protects a woman's liberty to choose to have okay, an abortion. So that makes much more sense then. Why it was... Why that would ruin her political ambitions because that was... It wasn't just taboo. It was flat out illegal when it happened. And she said, I traveled out of state. He still fa- found out about it. Okay. And due to complications, she could never have kids again. Well, yeah, because it's probably down in the back alley with a coat hanger. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean. Which gave me the throwback of Dirty Dancing featuring Jerry Orbach. Oh, he put Baby in the corner. Well, that's <laughs> I know what you're getting at. But, yeah. Did you think that was an abortion reference? Wasn't it? Oh, put Baby in the corner? Yeah. No. Okay. No, no, I'm just trying to gloss over the fact that he was a, not a great father. Did what Jerry if, Orbach always play awful men? No. Is this just Not funny? in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Wait, what? He's in Beauty and the Beast. Which one? The cartoon. As whom? Lumiere. What? You're kidding me. No. Jerry Orbach played the French candelabra in Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> yes. You're kidding me. No. My world is upside so down. So Angela right Lansbury now. is obviously Mrs. Potts. Yeah, I, He's Lumiere and the clock is um Charles. Yeah, I knew that. What's his Ramesh. name? Yeah. Um, ah, he has initials. David Ogden Steers. Yes, thank you. Yeah, took me um he's also on Murder She Wrote. Well, yeah. I, mean, I hope that didn't pick up. I'll be snoring yeah, quite loudly. Dog. That puppuccino wiped him out. Seriously, Jerry Orbach plays Lumiere. Yeah, 
B. Oh, guess we are guess. Now I kind of want to go back and watch, rewatch Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Wow. My world is shook. Are you okay? Time will tell, but I don't think so. Ooh. What? Tale as old as time. Mm. Time will tell. Yeah. But. A share from Mademoiselle. It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. He's very and good. You can't hear it? No. Let us pull up a chair as the dining room proudly presents. No, not even a little. Your dinner. I mean, I know he was older then, so his voice is going to be a little more gravelly, but... Wow. No, I... <laughs> I'm I'm not upset, but I mean, like, I'm... You're shook. I am flabbergasted. Shook doesn't even cover it. Oh. Woof. <laughs> yeah. I'm so taken aback by this, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, the abortion. You said oh, he plays awful people, okay. and I said no, he plays Lumiere. There we go. Okay. Okay. Other than Lumiere, <laughs> not in Beauty and the Beast. Which one? Well, in the live action one, that's Ewan McGregor. Well, also by the time the live action came out, Jerry Orbach was dead. I know. And two New Yorkers are walking around the city with his eyes jammed into their faces. <laughs> <laughs> they got his eyes. Not like just to have. <laughs> they had been surgically put in by a doctor. Uh, I want John Mulaney to guest star. <laughs> Harry gets beat up and dragged oh. out of the car by Santini. He and got more Jessica's than beat up this face <laughs> of look of disgust. Dis was it disgust though? Or where's my note here? She did have a look on her face. What did I call it? Um, oh no, it was disgust, yes. But it yeah. was priceless. I've never seen a look like that. Also, Santini goes up to talk about what's going on with him and his wife and whatever. He's building her a sailboat, blah, blah, blah. Which, I want to say, oh, that's so sweet, but the guy is such a dick. Well, <laughs> let me just say, <laughs> yes, he is. However, his insults are prime. Take this gumball and potato face. Oh, potato face was great. They... Killed I loved, me. I love potato. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Santini. I wrote gumball, comma, stuff. potato face, LOL. Yeah. Miss Potato Face. Like and that came out of no Oh, wait a minute. Was that a racial slur? Potato face, Boston, Irish. That seems like a racial stereotype. Except he called that lieutenant and the lieutenant's black. I thought he was calling a Harry potato. No, face. he called Harry Gumball. I thought he called them both names. No. Okay, you say so. I say so. We could be black Irish. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Jessica finds figures out who did it. Mm-hmm. As she always does. When in she that confronts. Light bulb moment. When she confronts Ray, and it's like, bro. You did it. You done fucked up. Yeah. He says, and I quote, have you been smoking funny cigarettes or something? <laughs> End quote. Yeah. And how she solved it was the keys. The jangly keys, which I didn't think they sounded alike on the tape and in person. It, I, and first of all, I mean, you could shake 50 pair of keys right in front of me. Mm -hmm. If I don't see the actual keys, I'm going to have a hard time telling what part. All keys jangle the same to me. Yeah. But, you know, Jessica's better than Batman, so world's greatest detective. I agree. Um, but that's what she does. That's what she does. That's, that's her what superpower. she's good at. It's her superpower. So you obviously didn't see it coming. No. Are you kidding me? How many, we're 16 episodes in, I've gotten one right, and I was only like half, half right, to, half to three quarters at best right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good show, but it's also infuriating. It makes me feel stupid. But is it, doesn't that mean it's a good detective show? Oh, yes. I just, well, I just said it. it's a good show, but it's infuriating. I mean, 
I, I want I want to be able to solve it, but I don't want it to be too easy either. Yeah. I mean, not to like sound braggy or conceited or anything, but I consider myself a very smart and... Observant person. You fair, are. Fair, You're very fair, observant. Fairly observant. You are. Um, but I never... I never get... I mean, I had the very end of my notes. I think it's like my second to last note. Yeah. My next to last note says, Ray did it. Don't know why. <laughs> I had no friggin' clue why. But they tell you why. Well, they tell. They told me, but up, leading up to that point, I had no... I had no inkling of why he might have wanted to kill Archie. Yeah, but if they had been like, oh, you've been getting all this money from somewhere, it would have been like, duh, he's blackmailing. Well, no, they don't even have to make it that obvious. I mean, like, maybe just show him, like, have a scene where they're visiting Ray on his boat or something. Like, how the hell can this guy afford a boat? He's like the junior partner. In a, his name's not even on the window at the detective office. I don't know. I think that Throw would be too some, obvious. I don't, I don't know. Throw us a ball. I mean, came out of nowhere. Um, so, at the very end of the episode, Harry's driving Jessica back to Cabot Cove, and he offers her a job. McGraw and Fletcher. You know, I get the whole premise of the show is mystery writer, crime solver, blah, blah, blah. I feel like that would have been a natural turn, at least for the later seasons for the show, for her to be like, yeah, this writing thing's just not doing it for me anymore. I'm going to become a P- the world's greatest PI. And then she becomes like a world-renowned private investigator. That'd be a good twist. Or would have been, anyway. It would be a good twist. I'm guessing it doesn't happen. You're going to say, I'm not going to tell I'm you. I'm not going to tell you. I know, I hate that. <laughs> I love you, but I hate that. <laughs> um, Alright, so. Body count. Uh, two. Two? Archie and... Didn't somebody else die? No. Oh, and I'm thinking of the scalpel murderer. Murder. Okay, so one. <laughs> 19 to two. And, and Jess did not find it, so we're still at... Jess found the body four times. And she even... Uh, I didn't make a note about it, but now that you mention it, when they play the tape of him getting shot, she actually jumps out of she her flinched. skin. She flinched. Yeah, she did. Which, I mean, like, same, but first, I don't find dead bodies, like, on the reg. True, but at the same time, I feel like the detective would have been like, hey, come on in, I want to play the audio, or she probably said, hey, can I listen to the audio that was running or whatever. I feel like she should have been prepared for that. Yeah. But she she legit jumped. Look, I don't even think that was acting. No, I think, like, maybe she didn't expect the bang to be that loud on the tape or something. I don't know. So, what do you want to do about the mind your own business sexism? Because oh, for God's there was sakes. a lot. Um, I would throw at least ten on each. I don't think there was that many. Are you kidding me? That whole scene where she first goes into the office and talks to Harry, literally every other sentence was either mind your own business or something horribly sexist. All right. I mean, if anybody's watching along, I feel like they would agree. I'm assuming. Do you think our listeners are what, rewatching the episodes before they listen to us? Or I think some probably think so? are. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope so. But please, if anyone else feels the need or desire to actually count that the references in that scene, please do because it was a lot. Like I feel like it was over and above. The writers really went out of their way to make him an, a jackass. Yeah, they did. In mission accomplished, by the way. Um, so... Okay, fine. You want to compromise and say seven on each? I think... Yeah, because towards the end of the episode, he was better. Okay, well, let's let's look at it this way. I, I counted that whole scene in the office as one sexism and one mind your own business. I still have one, two... Three other sexism. All right, we'll comments. say seven and seven. Okay. And I also have... But I don't have any other ones except from Harry. Well, one of my sexisms was nearly everything Harry says. But there was another one where he said to um, Alma when he comes in, I don't, when he got the first black eye, 
And she goes, oh, are you going to have that looked at? And he goes, yeah, as soon as we get Blue Cross, sweetheart. He was very 1930s detective. <laughs> you know, but he was always throwing out things like that. Then there's the, oh, she's dim and built like a Steinway comment. Yeah, let's see, mind your own business. I don't need or want your help. Um, leave Archie's killer to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, literally in the first half of the episode, every other thing he says is either sexist or mind your own business. Yeah. I agree. It's a lot. Um, I think thus far in the series, this episode by itself probably had the most of any of the other episodes. So, okay, that's fine. The nibbling count remains at four. Mm -hmm. What do you rate the episode? I mean, I did enjoy it. It wasn't awful, but I only gave it a five out of a ten. What? Five of ten questionable black eyes. Well, questionable black eyes. Questionable black eyes. You know, I mean, he probably deserved it, but anyway, no, I, I mean, it was a good episode as far as the story goes, but I didn't feel any sort of connection to any of the characters. I mean, I, I guess I kind of like Harry by the end of the episode, but even that, I'm not sure of. Okay. And. I don't want to say the plot was weak. I don't know. It's just, it wasn't, it wasn't a great episode for me. Okay. Okay. What'd you give it? I gave it a six out of 10. Okay. So you're not that much. No, but it's, we get our introduction to Harry. It's a very, um. So when you say we see Harry again, are we talking like one or two more episodes or like a dozen more episodes? Was uh, he like a regular guest star, would you say? He comes in. Once per season until season six. Oh, so it's a handful. Yeah. Okay. But still, I mean, he's like well, yeah, fairly I mean, regular. A, yeah, that's a very reoccurring role yeah. considering the show. Considering that he was working his way up there in fame. I know. I feel like Jerry Robach was pretty well established at this point. Well, then maybe, there you go. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, so I gave it six out of ten midnight coffees. Ooh, midnight coffees. That Ellen drank alone. <laughs> I think she probably put like Bailey's in there or something. Oh god, I would hope. I mean, Harry had a bottle. She in should his be drawer. drunk all the time at that job. Harry had a bottle. In I his would drawer. be. Why didn't she? <laughs> I would be drinking if I was working there. You would need to. But I would drink Harry's. I'd be like, if he's not gonna pay me, I'm gonna drink it. <laughs> I'm going to drink his hooch. <laughs> Do you think Elmo was in there, like, pouring a glass for herself and then watering down what was left in the bottle <laughs> so he wouldn't know? Because he seems With, like... like, the, iced tea. <laughs> yeah, he seems like the type who'd get pissed off if he found out somebody was drinking his liquor. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but then she could just be like, you're very hungover. You must have drank the whole thing yourself. <laughs> and he would believe it. Yeah, he probably would. Harry has a very rough home life, I think. If you could even call it that. Oh, we see his home. Oh, do we? Oh, yeah. Um, would the words squalor apply? It's what At you... At least a little bit. <laughs> imagine is like... Keeping in mind it's inner city Boston. Mm -hmm. It's what you imagine has... You have like rats and cockroaches for roommates. Squalor. Yeah. It's a step up from homelessness. <laughs> Four walls and a roof. <laughs> Very dirty wallpaper. Yeah. Any ceramic cow heads hanging on the wall? I don't think there's anything hanging on the wall except one mirror. Okay. Um, that, like, brown carpet. So he's not doing as well as Lieutenant... Uh, Dan? Was it Dan? I don't know. I don't know. There was a uh, police lieutenant with a mustache. He was actually quite good. I forget his name, but JB shows up at his house to talk to him. Yes, with his cat like, named George. Yes, there's like a cow head and a rooster head, both ceramic and mounted right by the He was doing door. very well for a San Francisco apartment. I'm telling you, I think he had a wife who left him and he just got the whole place. Um, no, Harry's apartment is very, uh, well, you'll see it. but it's Very bachelor. <laughs> it's got the brown yarn carpet. Yarn carpet, huh? Yeah. Well, it was the 80s. 
Oof. Shag was probably still somewhat popular back then. But that's not the type of place you want to have yarn carpet. Well, I mean, practically. Does Harry seem like the type of guy who vacuums? Oh, God, no. So he's bed bugs too, probably. He's, he's got a cleaning woman who comes in like once every three and a half weeks, I think. And then she leaves crying. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> She comes, or it's Alma, and she has to go do that as part of her, like, overtime. She, she comes in, she washes the four coffee cups that are in the sink and the one plate, and puts them back in the cabinet, because that's all he has is one plate, four coffee cups, and one set of silverware. Maybe a frying pan. She cleans that, she, like, puts a new roll of toilet paper out, sweeps up the beer, uh, the little pull tabs from the beer cans back then, and the bottle caps, and, like, throws out the trash that's full of TV dinner trays and she's on her merry way. Yep. To go home and take a bath in bleach. <laughs> so it's our 16th episode and we have hey. 19 bodies. Whoa. Racking those up. Oh, speaking of bodies and racking up, the very start of the episode, Jessica leaves. She sees she's being watched out the window. Mm -hmm. So she leaves on her bike, comes back, Harry's in the house. She's like, how did you get in here? Or something to that effect. You didn't lock your door, Jessica. You live in Cabot Cove, the murder capital of the world at the time. Or that universe, anyway. Lock your doors. Well, technically, we only have two bodies from Cabot Cove. Thus far. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know that number's going to get higher. I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but my prediction is by the time we get to the end and we have all of our numbers at the end of season 12, whatever it is, Cabot Cove is going to have a higher number than the rest of the world. I don't know, I just get that impression. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that is a large gap to make up right now, but I think they could do it. Interesting. Because I do believe you told me that there is, like, one season where almost every episode is Cabot Cove. Uh, maybe I misheard or misunderstood, but I think I heard that. I don't know why I would tell you that. You know, you're very tight-lipped when it comes to spoilery stuff. I think this episode I've been very spoilery about Harry. Mm. I also no, I don't think that was spoilery. rocked your world by I saying think, that he's Lumiere. Yeah, you did. I go check out Disney Plus now. <laughs> very shook. <laughs> All right, so that's the end of this week. Um, that was fun. We will see you guys next time. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our Instagram. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we're yeah, at Murder... You gotta plug the I social. I know. We are on Instagram at Murder We Drank Pod. I posted a picture of Albie, if anyone wants to go see it. He's very cute. He was very entranced with JB this week. Yes. He Normally he doesn't watch with us, like watch, watch, but he actually watched, watch this yes. week. Yes, he's itching to go outside right now. He's got to go potty. Yeah, he is. He just woke up. Um. So we will see you guys next time. Yes. Leave us a review on iTunes. And or, and or Spotify. And or Spotify. Yes. That's all. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>